What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm Yubi, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. Hey everyone, welcome back to a very special episode of Choose Inclusion. Um, this is super special because one, it's it's one of our first podcasts in a year plus since we didn't have a guest um, because today is the 100th episode of our podcast and we are super excited to be sharing this moment with all of our listeners uh, and let me go ahead and just say hi to my co-hosts, you and Mike. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Hashtag what the fuck. I mean, <laughs> 100 episodes with you guys. I know. You guys are, you guys are really patient. Yeah, to be, right? to be on. Yeah, like you, you, you guys have been like, you know, you volunteered for this kind of torture a hundred times over with me. I love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a hundred episodes. I, I personally never thought we would be doing a hundred episodes. I don't know what I thought when we started it. I was just thought, you know, even if no one listens to us, then we, the three of us would have fun talking to each other. But it turned out that we actually have listeners, go figure. And so thank you all for joining us on this journey. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, storytelling is, is, is one of those things that, um, you know, either it hits or it doesn't. Um, you know, and I was reading something earlier today about, you know, the, the science of storytelling or trying to like make storytelling um, you know, kind of break it down or make it seem like it's something that's kind of hard to do. It, but I was thinking, you know, like story to how, as, a, as a human race, that's how knowledge has been passed down since the beginning of time, right? Is storytelling. And so it's not like there was a playbook back then when we were sitting around fires talking to each other, telling stories. And so it's just weird to me that, you know, how we try to make things more complex than they really are at the end of the day, you know, I think, I think where we've shined is just helping bring people's stories and letting them tell their own stories to an audience of people who want to learn and, and understand from other people what their lives have been like and what they're doing to, you know, navigate this life. So I don't know. It's kind of, it's an interesting thought I had about how we try to make things so complex when in reality, it's really quite simple. Well, and I think, I think what you're talking about too, is like how complex, not only how complex, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, uh, you know, truly may seem, but it's how sensitive and how personal of a journey it is. I mean, it's it's a truly personal journey for everybody, and I know we're going to share more about that individually. And yet, this is not, you know, I, this is a passion project for the three of us. Yeah, we 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 all we all have gigs, we all have daytime jobs, we all have families, and yet, uh, what's what's fun 
uh, is, you know, we have committed, um, time. Like we, we carve out time and, and it's actually some of the most fun I have. Uh, I love what I do. I love the impact I get to have, but this passion project of choose inclusion is so much fun. And I, I love talking about it to, um, you know, so many people, like it's, it just happens to be like this, you know, oh yeah, I'm also part of this, you know, choose inclusion and that, like, and how many more conversations it starts because of this. And, and then, you know, of course, how much I, you know, these hundred episodes um, and, you know, the pre-calls and everything else we've ever done with this podcast, how much I've learned along this, uh, you know, hundred podcast journey has just been immense for me. Yeah. And I think like part of the thing I found really fun about it is just having the opportunity to elevate the voices of other people who traditionally might not have had a platform to, to share their story and share their perspective and then share their lessons learned. I mean, I think there's, with every conversation we've had, there's been like concrete lessons learned on things that, you know, our listeners can bring back to their lives, to their work and start making change internally. And I think, and then to hear it from people who've traditionally just not been heard. Right. It's also just an incredibly powerful experience. And I mean, I have absolutely loved that part of this. Well, yeah. And I, you know, my thing, because, you know, people are like, well, you should, you know, you should read more books or, you know, you should do this or that. This has been that for me. I mean, we have the, we have this opportunity, this lucky opportunity to talk to, uh, we've had this lucky opportunity to talk to a hundred different people, maybe a little less than that, but um, who we've all learned something from that's just as valuable, if not more than reading a book and not to say I don't love reading or you shouldn't read, but you know, it's, it's, I think there's the kind of these, um, these stereotypes or these standards that people think, oh, well, you should read more or, or do this or that when in, this is just as important, if not more, you know, this yeah. is real time. I, we, we all absorb information in really different ways. Right. And, uh, it's important to to for people to get that information where they're at and in a way that they can understand and absorb it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that some of our listeners are, you know, at the gym or walking their dogs or doing dishes or what what else while they get to listen to this. Yeah. Well, I think the what's what's super cool about you know, and all the, all the great books that are out there on, you know, really broad topics, you know, of, you know, racism and, and uh, all that sort of thing. What's unique about this podcast, quite honestly, is again, yes, yes, we continue to talk about ethnic, we continue to talk about race, we continue to talk about um, those super important topics. And yet we also bring in, you know, amazing guests from the, you know, the, the people with disabilities community. We bring in incredible leaders from the LGBTQIA plus community. We bring in, you know, amazing leaders across all of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging spaces, which is completely unique to this because, because guys, we've gone to, all three of us have gone to diversity, equity, inclusion summits before. Okay. And they're like, oh, we're focused on gender. Oh, we're focused on ethnicity. And, and how many times, and I've talked to you about this before, where I'm the token blind guy or, or Nina, you go there and you're the token woman of color. You know, like it's like, that's the, so diversity, equity, inclusion is like this great space of, you know, of, of like where you can intermix. And yet how few, you know, groups and how few people actually take that, that word inclusion 
to heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, part of what uh, we tasked ourselves to do for, for this episode was to talk about our aha moments and reflections on previous episodes. And so I was looking through our catalog of uh, our other 99 episodes, and it's funny to just listen to the episodes from just the first five, 10 recordings from when we were back <laughs> pre-COVID when we were in a studio right. and <laughs> doing these recordings in a very professional environment. And, um, you know, one of the episodes we have is called You Are Not Alone. And we talk about the fact that the work that we do is really hard and how, you know, there's an obvious feeling that when you're the advocate in your company or the advocate and, you know, any part of your life or kind of the voices of marginalized people, you feel isolated. And one of the goals of the podcast was to help people recognize that, you know, you aren't alone, that there are many people who, who care about this and are working at this and in all kinds of different ways. Um, and I think that was, I'm really glad that we, one of our first episodes was called You Are Not Alone, because I think that's such an important message that I hope a lot of people were able to take away from the podcast. What were, what were some of the episodes that stuck in your head, guys? Well, I got to tell you, there's, there's, there's a couple for me, Nina. Um, uh, there's, there's so, so many conversations that we got to meet, uh, some just super, just, just unique ways of, of looking at this topic, right? Like, uh, um, but I got to tell you, like going back to, um, uh, and, I, and I share this episode because quite honestly, it was probably the episode that three of us did the least amount of talking. Um, and that's with Bruce Carter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think back in August sometime, and he, he's a chief diversity officer, and he literally wrote out a, blue, a blueprint of like whoever wants to get, whether you want to be a director of DEI or, or, or aspire to be a CDO or, you know, or just do the work, like he completely laid out the blueprint. Like, you know, so to your point, Ubaldo, like, you know, uh, go read a book. Bruce Carter just laid this out like here's 35 minutes and, and, and man oh man he was just talking away and yet he laid out the whole blueprint for creating a DE&I and I share that because you know a he's had success doing it in multiple organizations uh, he works for a billion dollar organization and boom here it is and the University of South Florida I just learned this this week guys where um, University of South Florida has a diversity, equity, inclusion uh, certification program now. Yeah. So be oh, wow. because this topic is so hot right now, there are universities are like, oh, well, we could we could charge students to come and, you know, learn about this and they can go out there and get jobs. I think and Cornell yet, has also got a certification now, too. I think there's a bunch. Out there. Yeah, I, I, which which but again, like all you got, to, you know, if you, if you want to know this. Yeah, I know the certification is great. If you really want to know this kind of stuff, it's coming from this podcast. So that's the first yeah. one with me. What about you, Baldo? Oh God! I mean, where do you even start? Like, <laughs> um, you know, probably one of the most powerful ones, and most probably one of the most powerful ones for me was that we actually had our was it our first two parter? No, it wasn't our first. But Abe Arrington. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, previously, I think previously wrongfully incarcerated, who has now 
created this um, entrepreneurship journey for himself that is, you know, just outstanding. But just, you know, it came at a time when the conversations uh, around, you know, after George Floyd's murder and, and Black Lives Matter were at a high point. And it's just, it's like the perfect example of what is, what has been happening since the beginning of America to the black community. And, but what can also happen if, you know, if, if things go right, you know, it was like a, it was like a picture of hope for me uh, and a, a, a way of getting out of this white supremacist freaking place that we live in and, and giving everybody an opportunity. Um, I don't know. It was just really eye-opening that one for me. And yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely on my list too. I mean, I think what really struck me that was incredibly powerful about Abe's conversation. I mean, obviously the wrongly incarcerated, incarcerated element of it, just the, the fact that he spent, you know, his entire adult life in prison and now he's in his fifties. But the, the fact that, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that people have about people who've gone through the prison system, right? There's a right. lot of bias against that. And, you know, with the fact that a large percentage of the people that are incarcerated are black men, um, you know, they, they're just, they already don't have a leg up in society because of the systemic oppression that black men face. Um, but then on top of that, the, 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 uh, the, the prison system and, and the justice system kind of fucks them over even more. But with Abe's story, he basically gave himself multiple degrees. He taught himself structural and civil engineering and he invented a flood mitigation system that uh, cities could easily pull together. And it was just based off him like looking at a problem and then really going out of his way to educate himself. And that's why he was able to build a startup straight out. It's like that innovation that can happen even when um, when you aren't given those opportunities, right? Yeah. And like, what a powerful story that like he even had his prototype being tested um, by like local contractors to to really see like, can we quickly save cities from floods? Because global warming's real, man. And yeah. <laughs> more and more of our cities are going to get flooded. And like, one of the genius ideas that Abe has is to address to address that directly to protect people and our homes and our communities. Right. I, um, I, I remember Abe, the conversation with Abe too, and it was, it chilled me to the bone just how, um, calm he was. Like he wasn't, uh, angered over, you know, the injustice and literally decades of his life, um, you know, taken from him. Uh, one of the other, like, so this is where my eyes were opened because again, again, I guess I'm a blind guy, but I'm still a white guy brought up in mostly a white kind of environment, you know, uh, as far as I could tell, <laughs> a, a poor white environment, but um, uh, still a white environment. And so, like, you know, I heard I've heard the terms of of like, you know, institutional racism and that sort of thing. However, until we talked to, you know, then uh, he wasn't mayor Stovall. But um, so when we talked to, uh, uh, to uh, Travis Stovall the first time. And he walked us through the, you know, the, the red line yeah. um, district. That was, that was the first time 
you know, in my, and I'm, I'm 50 years old guys. And this is the first time in my life that I'm like, holy buckets. So my literally, literally my eyes opened up like that. Like we're, we're not talking 1800. We're not talking 1900. We're like, this is, this is modern day legislation, you know? And I'm like, that's what, that's what's that's so chilling to me is how few people realize like that kind of legislation. And he gave multiple, you know, um, uh, examples of this being institutionalized racism. Yeah. And that was just, uh, it literally like I, and it's still to this day, it's so impactful to me to realize like, you know, for any, anybody who's just like, oh, you know, really is there institutionalized racism? I'm like, yeah, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, there is. Yeah. It's literally written into policies and procedure like that. Yeah. That was the same for me, the same eye opening of like, this is not just about individual people who are biased or racist. This is literally about a system that was Policy. built on top of it. Yep. Absolutely. Nina, I, I, I'm really curious, Nina, because you, 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 you really are so well-read. Uh, you're, you're such a history buff. Um, it, this isn't just, this isn't just like passe conversations for you. You really like you dig into this in, in almost a, not almost like in an academic way. Well, so, I mean, I, I think it's not just academic. It's very personal. Cause I I'm talking to people <laughs> who yeah. experience, like, I know that Mike, you have not been exposed to people who've experienced this, but I have, and I've talked to lots of people who have, and I've seen the direct impact. So in the sense that a lot of the systemic and structural racism that were aha moments for you two, it was stuff that I already knew about and I saw directly. And honestly, during my nonprofit days, I was really trying to figure out ways to address it. Um, got burnt out because, you know, <laughs> you can't fix this stuff in one way overnight. So then you try and carve out your place in the world to figure out what's the element of it that you can fix. Um, and I think that's what all three of us have done in our, in our ways and our journeys. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's been interesting to hear the, the aha moments that you two have been having on it because I'm like, no duh guys. <laughs> like, yeah, this has been happening. I thought you already knew this. You both work in DEI. Like, how do you not know this? But that, but I'm like, yeah. Like it's, yeah. we all have privilege. Like that's the thing is like, we all have privilege in our own ways and yeah. we don't know what we don't know. And it's not until we're exposed to those viewpoints that we finally can like open our eyes to, to, to that way, to those experiences. So we can start dismantling those systems of oppression by raising awareness around it. Well, and I think as, you know, Mike and I kind of represent this, this large portion of the population in the U.S. who are ignorant, right? And not in a bad way. We just didn't know because we just never worked, had, to your point, we were never exposed to people going through that necessarily. We did, certainly didn't learn it in school. Yeah. And I think that's most people, um, which, which on the one hand, it, you know, gives me a little bit of hope in that yes, there are people out there who are racist and biased, but it's coming from a position of ignorance. So it's, and I would hope that once they learned and educated themselves and heard the stories of those being oppressed, that they might change their minds, you know? Um, and I think that's another reason I love why we're doing this is I, I feel like we're a small part of bringing that education to the audience because yeah like Mike and I are perfect examples of 
how we didn't know anything about redlining. We had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's definitely something I academically knew, but also saw the direct impacts, like having worked in community development and, and housing, I knew exactly what that was doing. I, I saw what the 2007 financial crisis, how it devastated black communities um, and, and wiped out intergenerational wealth. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, but I wanna, I wanna talk about one of the, um, the episodes that, cause you know, I, I'm, I'm very familiar, I'd say with systemic oppression with communities of color, but as someone who doesn't have a visible disability, um, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that I was ignorant of around, um, you know, communities with disability. I've learned a lot from Mike uh, over the course of our friendship. And, um, you know, in February of 2020, a documentary came out on Netflix called Crip Camp. And I just remember like walking away from that documentary and being like, this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen because not only did it talk about the, the revolution that happened around disability rights, but it framed it in the context of like, what does it mean to have a safe space and belong? Yeah. And I remember just like coming out of that and, and just being like, Mike, have you seen this? Like, Yubi, have you seen this? We have to just, we have to watch this thing and we have to do an episode just about this. And then somehow or another, we, able to, we were able to get the producer of Crip Camp onto the show, as well as the star who's an international disability rights advocate, Judy Human, onto our show as well, which was just blew me away. Yeah, the two stars of this award-winning documentary. It's up for an Oscar now. Yes, and, and produced by the Obamas. Like, and we get Jim Labret and Judy Human. Like, how amazing. Yeah, and I, well, and what's, what's interesting is so, you know, like when I talk about the, you know, di disability community as a community, and when I talk about, like, actually, we're, we're really a super young community. Like, if you think about it historically, because we didn't, just like to your point, Nina, like we, we didn't have a safe place of belonging. Like I, you know, like I, I didn't go to other camps with other kids. I was sent off to a blind camp. Right. Like, so, so even, even in the, you know, so it's like, you know, even those safe places, like, is it, is that integration or is that segregation? Right. Like, so, you know, when I was in schools, you know, this, I mean, this is, again, we're talking to eighties guys, like this isn't, you know, like I, I was sent off to a special classroom like in public schools, right? Like, so like to, to say, you know, that like there was this community. And so, you know, so for all that I didn't have exposure to with like the people of color or the BIPOC community, which again, there's another, I didn't know what BIPOC was. So um, until this, this amazing podcast, I, uh, but what I did know is, you know, like I, I didn't know that, that, that pound of pain, but boy, oh boy, I, I know what it felt to feel ostracized and, and segregated. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that, the, the parallels, like that's, that, that's the thing, right? It's, it's, it, and what I love about, you know, going through the hundred episodes is we've actually hit on a, a gamut <laughs> of so, I mean, so many critical topics. Um, but yeah, the, the accessibility piece has been such a, an, an, an eye-opener in, in, in a lot of wonderful ways and impactful ways for me. Um, and, but just starting to connect the dots between all of 
the different communities and, and people we talk to, right? And the similar types of experiences that, you know, that 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 these these different marginalized groups ha have experienced, and how you just start to see these patterns, um, is fascinating because you just don't think about it that way, right? You you you're talking to a person with with a disability, and you're focused on that person in that community. And then the next day you're talking to someone, a person of color and you're focused on, but you, you don't, sometimes you don't think about the connective tissue there. The, and that's where it starts to just open up your world. Um, yeah. Like every single person has been touched by that, by being excluded in some way or another over their lives. They have been touched by being othered. And that is, a very common thing to just kind of going back to the beginning of the first episode I mentioned, which is you are not alone. You know, um, yeah. in some way or another, you know, we have been touched by, by that feeling of not being included. And, uh, you know, we, we have a power collectively to, to change that. Um, we all have our parts to play in this. I, so I, in, uh, uh, Nina and Ubaldo remind me she's an amazing doctor um was she, we there, there was doctors on the podcast I know <laughs> I know and I'm, I'm attempting to remember doctors. yeah which, which one was it that talked about because I never even realized like to that point of so you know that that exclusion actually you know uh, you get trauma from that no 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 that wasn't that wasn't the doctor that was the uh, um oh my goodness we uh She's a CFO. She was at Comcast for a, for for a while. She was the youngest uh, woman of color, um, like vice president at Comcast for a minute. Oh, um, ah, doggone it! And he, she's here in Denver, actually. Uh, I know you guys will remember her, but she's the one who uh, oh, I had. Z. This, I'm sorry, Z, Z Clark. Are you talking about Daniel Shoots? Shoots, Danielle Shoots. Yep. Oh, Danielle Shoots. Okay. Yep. And she, she was the one who like, I never thought of like, you know, so all those moments of feeling alone, you know, on, on our own way, those, those create trauma in ourselves. Right. And like, and cause, cause we were talking about that tokenism and how, you know, like, Oh, like it's a badge of honor. Like I was a token blind person or whatever. And she was the one who opened my eyes to like, you know, just how like we hold on to that. And actually the empowering moment is kind of this space that we're creating of saying, no, 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 it's, it's actually not okay to be that token. Like it's, it, it's not okay. And yet we're creating that safe space to actually have those conversations. Absolutely. I, I do want to mention my absolute favorite episode out of the hundred that we've done. Can I guess? Can I take a I, guess? Yeah, you. Yeah. I think I think you will. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. you guess because I think you know exactly which one I'm going to say. Yeah, it's the two young, uh, two young black girls, right? Yep, Ayana, Ayana, and Phoenix. Yeah. Yep, yep. They, uh, I just absolutely love that episode because, first of all, just to hear two young women being confident enough to just challenge the the narrative that their teachers are teaching them, like our history narrative is so is so messed up it's like completely focused on a white dominant narrative and, and completely erases the black history that is very much a part of our culture or a part of our history and our culture and explains a lot of the systemic issues that we have and just hear these two girls say talk about it and say like 
yeah, we talked about it with our teacher and she just ignored us. Yeah. Was, you know, but at the same time, like they were so hopeful. Like they just knew that they were going to have the power to change everything. Like, and also I was really impressed that they, they gave a crap about what we had to say about our opinions on <laughs> the, the, the uprisings that were happening across the country at the time, the post George Floyd uprisings that were happening. And I was like, why do you, why do you 12 year olds care about what we think? We're the ones that destroyed your world. <laughs> like <laughs> you, right. you are, you are the ones that are going to be able to really change it. We're going to do our, our due diligence to try and make as much of it right as we can. But it just gave me so much hope about the future. And I think maybe that's, maybe that's the connective thread throughout all 100 episodes is hope you know like i mean we've 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 talked about so we've talked about everything from from racism to mental health to you know uh, disabilities to accessibility to oppression systemic inequalities to this dei lonely you know life that most of us live and um but at the end of the day like it, there's almost this roadmap to hope that has been put together through all our guests and their stories of, you know, we, we can, we can do it. <laughs> like there is, there is a clear path to get it done. It's just that, you know, there, there's, as you know, human beings, we kind of get in the way of ourselves, but it can be done. I totally agree. Ubaldo though, can you, is there an episode that you can point to and just say like, that's, you know, like, kind of the most impactful, the, the, the aha, the most favorite, dude, do you have one of those? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. That's like asking me what my favorite movie is. Cause it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of, I think I'm in your boat too. Like I always, you know, you guys have heard me both talk in public before and I always use the joke, like, you know, all right, who's your favorite kid? We all have one. Right. Like, so, um, but, but you know, this, the, the podcast, because I've, there have been so many of these, you know, again, from Dan, Daniel Schutz to uh, Travis Stovall to even one that, you know, we didn't talk with, with Bruce Carter, where I just learned so much. And I've had so many of those aha moments where it's like the collective, I have, I have this collective, um, you know, Lex Gillette, well, you know, we've had Lex Gillette on a couple yeah. of different times and, and he shared Right. Because it's easy for me to talk about like, you know, like oh, as, as a white blind guy, you know, like how I say, you know, like, man, I how how much I felt discriminated against it, you know, <laughs> throughout my life. But Lex talks about like being a, a, a young black man growing up, a young blind black man growing up in the South. And yet he never he never had that direct uh, uh, discrimination feeling from the race. But yet he felt it from his blindness. Right. Right. Like, and, and just yeah. that, you know, those kind of connections with uh, our guests to me have been this collective favorite, you know, again, uh, we've, we've been talking about a hundred episodes, like almost seems like they've flown by yeah. because th this has been such a passion project for the three of us. Well, and I think, you know, that, that the, the intersectionality, I think has been another, um, you know, big aha moment for me the fact that intersectionality really like you know most people fit into that you know there isn't 
most people have like Lex two or three different things impacting them from, from these discussions, you know, whether it's being blind or being black or being an, an athlete, um, an elite athlete at that. Uh, I think that intersectionality is another one of those really fascinating themes that I never gave much thought about, but now I think about being white, but also being Latino, but being, and being privileged, right? Like we all have, it's, it's a, it's a one common thing that we all have that, uh, that we can use again to, to connect and to help each other out and to understand each other better. I think there's more of that than most people want to give credit to, you know, it's like when they do those DNA commercials where, um, you know, they, they get the DNA of, of white people as an example, and it comes back and they're a mix of, of different things from all over the world. And, and they never knew that. And all of a sudden it's like, well, who am I then? Like, what's my identity? Like, that's a huge part of the question. I also, uh, probably some of my favorite episodes have been the ones with people from outside of the U.S. Because I love that global perspective, right? It's easy yes. to stuck in our own worldview, but having the actual view of people from around the world um, and what they see is, it's so freaking enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's been, it's been, it's definitely shed some light on <clears throat> what does uh, racism look like? What does um, marginalization look like in, in other countries? And and yeah, just getting us out of our US centric narrative um, because this is stuff that's happening, you know, globally. Um, and so hearing different ways that it's being approached in other countries um, in other, you know, international companies who are really thinking about what does it mean to have DEI on a global company. Um, yeah, that's absolutely been fascinating. So uh, I think it's time for us to wrap up our hundredth episode, guys. <laughs> so um, I wanna thank you both for being the most amazing co-hosts in the, the history of podcasts. <laughs> and uh -oh. I've absolutely enjoyed our time together so far. So far. <laughs> so far, exactly. We got way more. We got so much more to go, man. I tell you. Yeah, but yep. I, but I, I heard a little bit of this. Don't screw it up in Dina's voice. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> and if you haven't, if you haven't screwed up the first hundred, then you know I got high expectations for the next hundred. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Nina and Ubaldo, again, this is such a joy for me. Uh, regardless, and again, we're we're all so busy. We're entrepreneurs. We're we're in startups. Uh, we're we're doing so many uh, <laughs> pretty busy projects, and yet. I, I get energy from uh, talking to the both of you. I, I respect you. I, uh, um, <laughs> like I, I really look at you guys as, as part of my familia. So thank you both for uh, spending time with me over uh, the last hundred episodes. Me too. Thank you all. All right. Well, thank you to our listeners. Uh, check us out on chooseinclusion.com. We got a, a 99 other episodes that you can listen to if you haven't listened to any of them yet. Um, and uh, we will see you all next time. Take care, Absolutely. everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, 
and contact us on Twitter at Choose Inclusion.